Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So I really, really want to just take this time also to thank all of the United We Can givers, all of you that are part of United We Can. Although we have teams and we've identified different uh, specialists and different people that are able to be a part of these teams, but if we didn't have the financial backing, we would not be able to do what we're doing in South Africa. So those of you that have responded to not only a local vision, but the international vision by giving of your finances, you're a part of that. And it's through your finances that we've been able to do that. So give yourself a good round of applause here tonight. <clears throat> and I hope that you're doing your best to make it to World Conference. How many are going to conference this year? Come on, how many are excited about World Conference? Praise the Lord. We, are, we in South Africa are trying to mobilize 200 people from South Africa. We want to bring 100 from Cape Town and then the other three churches. We want to bring, you know, a remnant or a small amount or how many they could bring. If they could bring more than 100, then praise the Lord. But we all want to come together into our world conference in August. How many want to meet their South African family? Come on, somebody. And we're looking forward to that. So mark your calendar, get online, do your registrations, everything we got to do so that we could all come together in that conference and have an awesome, awesome time. World Con and a year of inheriting the promise. Hallelujah. How many know we're ready to inherit some promises? So we're excited about that. Good things are happening. And just like uh, Pastor Stevan was sharing is that Pastor Steve, the first place that he went to when he came into South Africa was a place called Mitchell's Plain. And Mitchell's Plain has about 1.5 million people, and they say there's about 500,000 registered drug addicts in Mitchell's Plain. So as we've been there pioneering the ministry in the last seven years, there's always been a, a strong amount of people getting reached from Mitchell's Plain. So even though we moved out of Mitchell's Plain and situated ourselves more, of an, more in a central location, there's always been a strong amount of people from Mitchell's Plain within our church. And just four months ago, there were some South Africans that came into the home. Two of them came into the home and two of them came through the church, got delivered from drug addiction, got it delivered. One of them was never a drug addict. One of them came to support his son while his son was in the home. And as he was supporting his son, began to sense a call of, call of God upon his life. And now those two that came out of the home, that one that came to support his son, and another one that came into the church, they got raised up within the ministry. And we launched them and about 100 people out from our church in Cape Town and sent them out to Mitchell's Plain. Come on, somebody. So we launched another church in Mitchell's Plain. And they went from 100 to about 200 in about two months. Come on, somebody. So they're, they're growing and that, because of that. And again, it's not because we're some heavy people, although I got a little heavy. Come on, somebody. We're, we're just, there's a vision that God has given to the Ministry of Victory Outreach, and there's a need. And because of the need and our vision to meet that need, there's an anointing that God has given to us to go into these dark places. And because of the combination of the two, we're having tremendous success, not only in Cape Town, but all throughout every place we've been to in South Africa. How many know that's exciting? Come on and clap one more time because we're a part of that. Praise the Lord. I'm going to drink some water here tonight. Water. If I ask for water, they go, huh? I say, what? They say, oh, what? <laughs> Hallelujah. Are you ready tonight? Maybe we can go ahead and stand and open up your Bibles to the book of Ephesians chapter 6. It's good to see Pastor Christian also. Come on. I think we're planning on going taking a trip over there too. So maybe we could do like, that's how I got exposed to the vision. I went with Esteban, 
And I think Geronimo was also with them. We went on Asian Invasion, right? Were you there? And I was a big old boy, and they put me in a big red sweatshirt, and I, and I was Joker. Or what was I, Joker? Or something in the drama. And that was my first trip to the mission field. And here I am. I think I've been, in the, I've been saved 15 years, and I've been in the mission field 13 years. Come on, somebody. But it all started through a shotgun play, an Asian invasion that we did. So I think we're going to plan something here in the near future. So you, you do your best to be a part of that. And we're going to hit Asia for Jesus. Come on. <clears throat> Shield of faith I want to speak about here tonight. I want to speak about faith. And if you open up your Bibles to the book of Ephesians chapter 6, and uh, I'm going to read a few portions of this scripture, and uh, then you can, then we'll get into it here tonight, okay? And then also my, my good brother Peter, I think he still has, how many enjoyed Peter? He was here, what, two weeks ago? Two weeks ago? And I think he still has some CDs available there in the front if you'd like to wait. Did you jam on that day? Did you get busy? Did you get, come on now, come on. You got hyphy, come on somebody. South African style, hallelujah. But I think he has some stuff still available there in the foyer as well. Take a little bit of Cape Town home with you. Come on now. Ephesians chapter 6, the Bible reads like this. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark, dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God. So that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. Somebody say, stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, stand firm then. With the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith. Somebody say, faith. faith. With which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Father, one more time, I just ask for your anointing to be upon my heart, God, your anointing to be upon my mind, and that you would use my life to minister to your people. I pray for liberty in your house, God. Not only liberty to speak, but liberty to receive. Anoint every listener right now in the name of Jesus. Devil, I rebuke every distraction in Jesus' name. And I pray for liberty in your house, oh God, in Jesus' name. And everybody together said, amen, amen. You can go ahead and be seated here tonight. <clears throat> now, as you and I are coming into 2014, how many are excited for 2014? How many are looking forward to a good year? And as we, all of us come in and it's just going into the second month of the year, I'm sure that each and every one of us have a deep desire to go a little further, to do a little bit better, to have a better year this year than we had last year. It is only, only normal and only natural. I'm sure that we set some goals and we have some things that we want to achieve this year. And I'm believing God this year that this year is going to be a good year. I, I think even as a ministry internationally, we have declared this year as a year of inheriting the promise. We've went through years of raising the standard. We've went through years of honoring our legacy as we trailblaze the future. And all of those years that were given to us, we could see that they were in line with what God wanted to do with the ministry of Victory Outreach. Well, this year, we've been declared that this year is going to be a year where we inherit some promises. And I believe not only internationally and as a ministry, but I believe that if you've made Victory Outreach your home and this is your church, that that promise has been given to us internationally and also personally. How many have received some promises in their walk with God? 
Some sons are going to come home this year. Come on now. Some marriages are going to be restored this year. Some people are going to come out of debt this year. The prophecies and the promises that God has given to you, you're, we're going to not only hear about them and get excited about them, but we're going to experience them in a supernatural way in 2014. How many are believing God for that this year? And when you think about that, I mean, I've been in services where uh, messages have been preached, I've been in conferences, and I've responded to the altars. Come on, somebody. And they're in the altar broken. God, everything's going to be all right. Come on, somebody. And then go back to the house. It's like back to life, back to reality. Come on. How many have ever had that Sunday morning where the, the word of God was being spoken, or how everything's going to change? And this is going to happen, and that's going to happen, and then we go home, and we go back to reality. But I believe this year is going to be a year where the messages that are being preached are the reality of our home life, where our messages, because we're aligning ourselves with the direction that is given to us, that no longer is there just going to be emotional responses taking place in the house of God, but we're going to respond on Sunday and experience on Monday. How many want to see those promises come to pass? This year, 2014, is a year of inheriting a promise. Promises are coming to pass. But we would be unwise to think that it's just going to happen without some type of fight or some type of battle. How many know the devil is a liar? I said the devil is a liar. And he will do his best to frustrate, to distract, to get us sidetracked by different temptations or different frustrations. So therefore, we need to practice what the word of God says. And when the day of evil comes knocking on your door, we got to be able to stand our ground. And I don't have time here this evening to talk about all of the pieces of the armor. But I'm going to look at the shield of faith this year, this, this evening. And I, I really, want, really believe that it's going to take faith to be able to experience this faith, the Bible says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. And how many know that when you have radical faith and you're stepping out by faith, there's a sense of anticipation and a sense of excitement that's inside of our hearts as we're serving the Lord. So therefore, our life with God does not become boring. Our life with God does not become routine. But there's a certain expectation that we get morning after morning and day after day that the things that God said he was going to do, he's going to do. But we must understand that there will be a little bit of a battle, a little bit of a fight that takes place before some of these promises become reality. And therefore, here in Ephesians chapter 6, the Apostle Paul uses certain words like, be strong in the Lord. Take your stand against the devil. Stand your ground. Then he goes on to even say, stand firm. He even says, after you've done everything that you can to stand, then stand some more. In other words, don't quit. Don't give up in the heat of the battle because you understand that God is on your side. But he's given them perspective that, yes, there's promises. And, yes, God wants to do amazing things. But there's also going to be seasons that you go through some battles. And in those battles, how are you going to act? Come on, somebody. How you going? I'm back in the bay right now. I could say that. How you going to act? When the devil's knocking on your door, how you going to act? Are we going to be intimidated and full of fear? Or are we going to continue to be the church that God has called us to be, standing strong in the Lord? How many could say praise the Lord? See, these words that the Apostle Paul gives to us 
are words that show some of the battles that will take place. Say, although we're not in the same lifestyle that we used to be, and we've been rescued from darkness, we've been rescued from the sin of this world, and we've been saved, the Bible says that we've been taken out of darkness and placed into his light, but it doesn't change the fact that there will still be some battles because we're not in heaven yet. We haven't made it to heaven yet. We're on our way to heaven. Come on, somebody. How many are on their way to heaven? And we're definitely not the people that we used to be. How many love to look in the mirror now? Come on, somebody. Some of you need to throw your mirrors away. Come on now. You spent a little too much time in that mirror. But I remember a time in my life where I didn't like to look in the mirror. I couldn't stand who I seen inside of that mirror. But I thank God. Here I am 15 years later, and I can have a little bit of joy when I look in that mirror because we're not the same people that we used to be. We've been rescued and delivered by the grace and the mercy of God. But it doesn't change the fact. We're not in heaven yet. We haven't arrived into those pearly gates yet. So in the meantime, we are surrounded by a wicked world. We're surrounded by a time of temptation. And as that wicked world knocks on your door, we got to be able to stand our ground. Now, I'm not saying it's always going to be knocking on our door but it definitely will make its way by your pad. Come on, somebody. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 3, the Bible says, But mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. Jesus says in Matthew 24, he says, Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But he who stands firm till the end will be saved. These two portions of Scripture give us a clear picture that although we've been rescued from the life we were living, we're still surrounded by an evil time. We're still surrounded by a time where wickedness will increase. And sometimes that wicked time is going to affect our walk with God. It's going to try to infiltrate in our journey with the Lord. And if we allow it, it could rob us from inheriting the promises that the Lord has for us. How many times have we seen men leave the home right before their breakthrough? Come on, somebody. How many times have we seen men leave the home right before that visit, right before that phone call, right before that wife that they've been praying for gives that phone call? They leave the home two hours before because the devil is able to rob us sometimes of receiving our blessing. And I would even dare say if I passed this mic around and I said, did God rob you in 2013? Did, did the enemy, I mean, not God, I'm sorry, the enemy, the, ooh, false doctrine, brother, hallelujah. Did the enemy, hallelujah, ever come and distract you from being able to step into something that God had promised for you in 2013? I guarantee many of us, even myself, would be able to say, you know what, the devil did distract me for a little bit. He did hit me. I did go through a little bit of warfare, but I thank God I'm still standing. Come on, somebody. I thank God for his grace and his mercy that he still stayed with me, but I'm challenging you that I'm not going to do the same thing this year that I did last year. So therefore, I'm going to have a little more uh, being on my toes a little bit more. And in order for us to be able to take that stand, we got to truly have strong faith in what the Bible teaches. See, the final victory is not yet here until the return of Christ, when he condemns the devil for eternity. At this time, you and I are still standing in an evil day. But in the midst of evil, our position is not one that is in the world, but we are positioned in Christ. And we have been placed on the winning side. We've been placed on the winning side. 
So therefore, we're not losers anymore. Therefore, we don't have to walk around condemned anymore. We've been rescued from the life we were living, and now we're on a winning team. Come on, somebody. How many are on the winning team here tonight? We're on God's side. We've been picked by the Lord. I remember being in school and being last picked. Come on, somebody. How many ever got last picked when you wanted to play basketball or football or baseball? Well, you were first picked here. God picked you, chose you, selected you to be on the winning side. But all this, sometimes we sit here and messages are preached about being on the winning side and being a winner. But yet we don't feel it. We don't see it. Because faith makes the difference. Do we believe what is being preached? Do we believe what is being communicated? You know, it took an act of faith just to accept Christ into our lives. Like I said, when I came into the home, I was not looking for the Lord. I did not believe in the Lord, to be honest with you. I grew up in a household where seeing was believing. And if you don't see it, then don't believe it. And I, you know, you, you use that in the streets. Come on, somebody. I was one of the best. I would be, hey, come here, check this out. I know where the good stuff is. Come on now. I know where the best stuff is. Walk with me over here to 7-Eleven in Irvington Square and get right here with me. And then now you're going to have to wait here. Because homeboy that has the good stuff is paranoid. Come on, somebody. So you give me the money. What do you got, 50, 60? All right. You give me the money. And his house is right there. You see that pink house? Come on, somebody. And I, I promise I'll be right back. Let me see the money. You wait right here. Come on, somebody. And they're still waiting right now. Hallelujah. <laughs> I never made my way back. Come on now. And we grew up in a lifestyle where if you don't see it, don't believe it. So sometimes we come into our walk with God with the same mindset. If I don't see it, I don't believe it. But in Christianity, it's not see it and then believe it. It's believe it and then see it. How many know we got to believe what the Bible says? We got to believe what our pastor says. We got to believe what our leaders are teaching us so that we can grow and mature so that when the day of evil comes knocking on our door, we've been equipped to take our stand and say, devil, you're not going to mess with me no more. You're not going to mess with my children no more. You're not going to mess with my family no more because I believe what the Bible says. But if we don't believe it, we get caught in that web of deception and spend time wandering around the house of God, disappointed, depressed. Nobody knows the trouble I see. Coming to church like that. Nobody knows my sorrow. Poor me. Poor me. Pastor Steve used to say, when you're going to have a pity party, don't invite me. Come on, somebody. Uh, most of those that end up in those states... Now, if it's six months in the Lord, we're here. Well, even two years. But you after two years, three years, five years, still, wham, wham. Like, give me a break, brother. Come on. Is that how you were in the world? Huh? Did you come? Hey, you guys got any drugs? <laughs> you got anything? <laughs> you know, the homeboys be like, well, get up out of here. Do part. Huh? And then we get saved and we're going to come to the house of God. And, and uh, Come on, somebody. How many of we got to take our stand against the enemy? Praise the Lord. We got to begin 
to believe what is being communicated to us. And I'm not saying jump right on it. Take your Bible, look it up. You know, what's being preached, study it. And once you get confirmation that what's being preached is true, then believe it. Stand on it so that we can take our stand. I want to speak about faith here tonight. I'm not going to be long. The Bible says right here in verse 16, in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Now the shield, this term is related to the Greek word for door. It refers to the large full body shield. It was made of wood with leather covering surrounded by metal. It was soaked in water. Somebody say soaked in water. Before battle, as to extinguish the fire-tipped arrows, it was a symbol of full protection. Faith, three points. My first one is this, is that when a person has true faith, faith gives us perspective in our position. Faith gives us perspective in our position. See, when you have true faith, when a person has true faith, they always have a perspective in their position in Christ. See, when the Apostle Paul was writing the book of Ephesians in chapter 6, he was always referring back to the other chapters. He was referring back to chapter 1 and chapter 2. And in chapter 2, the Apostle Paul is communicating to the church of Ephesus about their new position in Christ. He's saying, yes, you will experience battle but you're not under the battle. There's a new position that has taken place in the day you gave your life to Jesus. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 2, he says, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. Someone say amen. In which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us lived among them at one time gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved, and God has raised us up with Christ and seated us in the heavenly realm. In other words, this is what you used to be. This is what we used to be, dead in our sin, objects of wrath. But that one beautiful day when Jesus Christ interrupted our lives, we went from this position to a whole new position. It is kind of like when you think about the movie Saving Private Ryan. How many have ever seen Saving Private Ryan? Now, in the opening scene of Saving Private Ryan, there's a scene where all the soldiers are inside of these ships. And as they're in these ships, they're, they're kneeled behind this big metal uh, uh, bulletproof door. And they're going closer to the beach. They're getting closer. They want to get onto the beach and make a beachhead. And as they're coming closer, bullets are flying. Pew, pew, pew. You can just hear them whipping. And as they get closer, then those doors come down. And as those doors are coming down, they're trying to come out of the boat. And they're just getting picked off. Pop, 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 pop. Falling. Pop, pop, pop. How many remember the scene? Pop, pop, pop. That was you and I before Christ. Sin was just rocking our world. I remember we, when we grew up, everything wasn't great when we grew up. 
And even for my parents, we're all here tonight in the house of God. But we always didn't have a good life. We didn't have, we grew up, but we were ignorant to the grace and the mercy of God. So therefore, we were under the bullets of the enemy. At a very young age, we start getting high. At a very young age, we start good. You're going to be this. You're going to be that. And, and your parents speak certain words over your life. I remember my fifth grade teacher calling my mom saying, this boy's going to spend the rest of his life in prison. There's no hope for him. There's no future for him. Those were the same words he was speaking over my life life when I was in fifth grade. I was under the bullets of sin, but I thank God for his grace and his mercy that when I didn't know it, Jesus Christ stepped in. The bullets are still flying, but I'm not under them no more. I said the bullets are still flying, but we're not under them no more. We're not drug addicts no more. We're not locked up no more. We've been delivered and set free by the power of God. Jesus has changed our lives. And then not that there's no more bullets. They're still flying. But I'm not under them no more. Uh-oh, the water. Hallelujah. Sorry, Pastor Stefan. I'm too fat to keep bending over. Come on, somebody. The bullets. Hallelujah. They're hitting me. Come on, somebody. <laughs> How many thank God for that? When you think about your childhood, you, you think about the way you were raised, you think about how you grew up, and you think about the different things that were taking place before Christ. Every time we try to do good, and boom. Every time we try to get right, and boom. And I, I don't want to live like this no more. I'm sick and tired of living this life, but there's no way out. I'm stuck. Then we cried upon the name of Jesus Christ, and here we are, delivered and set free by the power of God. Oh, you got to clap a little bit more if you remember when he rescued you, if you remember when he came after you and he saved your life under the bullets. But I ain't under the bullets no more. The bullets are flying, but I'm surfing on them now. Come on, somebody. My position in Christ has changed. I'm no longer saving Private Ryan. I'm like the movie of Troy. Come on, somebody. How many ever seen Troy? The movie Troy, they come up to the beach and he gathers all these nations together and they try to come against Troy. They start marching towards Troy. Troy is a city that's protected by fortified walls. And the only way that they can get into that city was through disguise, lies and deception. Now that we're placed behind the walls of God, the enemy, the only way he can get in is to lie and deceive, manipulate his way. You haven't changed. God's not real. Come on, somebody. This place ain't real. That ain't real. This ain't that. This ain't that. And start chipping away at you. Chipping away at you. Pretty soon it's hard to lift your hands anymore. Pretty soon it's hard to lift your voice. Because you keep listening to that de deceiving voice of the enemy. You have to go back to your word. And you have to say, no, my Bible tells me that if I be in Christ, I'm a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. I, like I said when I first got to my, I can't explain what happened. I don't know what happened. I just don't want to get high anymore. I don't want to live in the streets anymore. I don't want to be in prison anymore. It's not that I can't do it. I don't want to. God has changed my want-tos. There's a new desire in our heart to be in the presence of the Lord, to worship God. Jesus does a supernatural work within our lives. When we give him that opportunity to take us from out under the bullets and place us behind the walls of God. As we're waiting for the return of Christ, take your stand. Stand your ground. 
Stand firm then and believe. How many could say amen? amen? Come on and clap if you believe it. First Peter 2.9 says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and in to his wonderful light. How many know we're new people here tonight? How many thank God you're new? Come on, somebody. How many used to get drunk all night? Come on now. You used to just be miserable, but the Lord is a faithful God. Even when we, he says, you didn't choose me, but I chose you. Even when we didn't want him, he kept coming after us. Some of you tried to run. I was a good runner. I was fast. I was skinny then. Come on, somebody. I could hit fences. Come on now. And, I, you know, sometimes you'd be smoking that meth. And you start running. You ain't running for nothing. Come on, somebody. You're just paranoid. You're running and think everybody's after you. Come on, somebody. Start getting that, that window and you start tweaking. And now this new stuff out, my God. You got you like this, like, you're just talking to yourself, you're picking your face, and, and the devil's all over you. How many thank God that we're not living like that no more? Come on now. How many know that the Lord, even in you were messed up, even when we were living like that, the Lord said, look how radical that man is for the devil. If I could just save him, if I could just get a hold of his life, he could be radical for me. How many radical men and women are in the house of God here tonight, willing to go anywhere, willing to do anything for the kingdom of God? Come on, somebody. Brought us out of darkness, changed our position, no longer under the bullets, but behind the walls of God. Faith gives us perspective in our position. There will be a battle, but keep perspective. There will be fights, but keep perspective. My second point is this, is that faith, in order to be effective, it needed to be soaked. If faith was not soaked, then it was ineffective. See, what would happen... Let me soak my, my, uh, my mouth, hallelujah, a little bit here. Hallelujah. Gained a lot of weight in America, my God. Can't preach like we used to. Come on, somebody. Start running out of wind up here. It's like you got to, in the batting box, you got to kind of just get out of the box and just swing a little bit, hold up, bump. Come on, somebody. It's like, hold up, Lord, let me... Let me, get my way, let me get my wind here. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Faith not only gives you perspective in your position in Christ, but faith, in order for it to be effective, had to be soaked. Somebody say soaked. See, the Roman soldier wasn't always in battle. He wasn't always fighting. He wasn't always in war. There were seasons of peace. There were times of just enjoying the peace of the land. And some of us that are always in battles, always, two-year-long battles, same battle. You have to be careful when you're, when you're always in the fight. Because the, the, the Lord doesn't want you always to be in the battle. He wants you to experience seasons of blessing and seasons of, of, of provision and seasons of coming out of the battle. But if you're always in the battle, it means that we're not changing the areas that the Lord is dealing with. And when he's trying to deal with a certain area, then it's our responsibility to respond and let the Lord change, repent, you know, go through the, go through the repentance, and go through the, whatever the Lord's trying to correct in our life. And then we come out of the battle. 
children of Israel spent 40 years since it could have took them 14 days. 14 days. Like, brother, how long is it going to take you to get right here? 14 days, but they spent 40 years. Why? Because God was not faithful? No. Because they continued to struggle in the same area. So Roman warriors were not always in battle. So when they would come from the battle, what they would do is they would get their shield and they would soak it in water. And then they would go and enjoy the time of peace. Be with their families, be with their wives, be with their children, enjoy the provision and, you know, be blessed. But when it was time to fight, the commanding officer would say out a certain command and the Roman soldier would go to the place where he had his shield soaking, get his shield and take it back to the line. And because his shield was soaking as he took his line, took his place on the line, when the fiery darts were coming, he was able to take his soaked shield, and when the fiery darts would hit it, they would quench. They would have no effect because in the time of peace, he was soaking his shield. But could you imagine a soldier or a warrior that came back from battle into the time of peace, and instead of placing his shield in the water, he places his shield against the wall. Negligence of his shield. Goes and enjoys peace of the land, the prosperity, his wife, his kids, his family, all the above. And the war season of war comes. The commander gives the, the call for all the warriors to take their place. He runs, takes his shield, but his shield hasn't been being soaked, so his shield is dry. So therefore, he takes his place on the line. Come on, somebody. And the same fiery darts that are coming at the ones that soaked their shield are the same ones coming at the one that didn't soak. But when he puts his shield up, because his shield wasn't soaked, when the fiery dart hits it, instead of being quenched, it catches a fire. Now imagine the emotion or the feelings that come over a person when his shield is on fire. Fear and panic. They become very intimidated. See, Christians that are in the house of God and that are always afraid and intimidated and full of panic and anxiety is because they haven't taken the proper time to soak their faith. Spending time, you know, in the times of peace, sometimes we get negligent with our spiritual life. Times of good times. And sometimes the, devil, the Lord has to allow some warfare to get us back to the place of soaking our faith. Come on, somebody. See, water is always significant for the presence of God. Water is always significant for the word of God. And in our times of peace, we need to continue to stay soaked in the presence of God. We need to continue to stay in the word of God so that when the time of battle does come, it, it's not that the ones that are still smiling aren't going through battles. It's not that the ones that are, you know, we've taken the mic in the heat of battle. I've preached the gospel with my mom at fourth stage cancer and continue to preach the gospel. Well, it's not that we don't go through warfare. It's not that we don't have times of battle, but because we've taken the proper time to soak our faith in the presence of God, the same fiery darts that are coming here are also coming here. But the effect that the fiery dart has on the individual that has not soaked his faith. Oh God, oh God. I don't know what's going to happen. Oh God. And everything is like a pit bull. But really it's just a chihuahua. The one whose faith is soaked is like, what do you, do you really see what I see? 
And it looks like a people rrr, rrr, for the one that hasn't soaked their faith. They're all, oh, God, he's got a baby. He's going to kill me. And the one that soaked his faith is like, whoa, 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 whoa. He just, pow, get up out of here. Come on, somebody. Now, again, when you're growing in the Lord and it's the beginning stages of your walk with God, we expect that. And we're here to provide that covering, that protection. But after five or six years of serving and, and walking with the Lord, there has to be some application of soaking that faith so that we could take our stand against the fiery darts of the enemy. They're going to come regardless. And those who have soaked their faith are the ones that quench the fiery darts of the enemy. How many want to take their stand for the Lord? Come on, somebody. Come on and clap a little bit. Some of you are looking at me like, brother, you just got me on that one. And, I, and I, again, I think that you're here in church, so you're getting soaked right now. You're getting soaked. The Lord is speaking to you, ministering to you. But what does your private life look like? And I thank God for the, the month of, of prayer. And, and I think there's a, some wet faith here. There's some soaked faith in the house of God here in the Victory Outreach Heart of the Bay because there's a great vision that God has for us. There's still more works that the Lord wants to do through us. And, and in order for that to come to pass, there's got to be a healthy base. There's got to be a strong base that is able to continue to stand. And how many know it's not only the pastors and the leadership, but an entire church that has taken the proper time to soak their faith and take their stand that Filipinos can still receive the Lord, that South Africans can still receive the Lord, that men can come out of them homes get into airplanes travel the world and preach the gospel come back 15 years later and say i'm still standing because there was a church right here in the city of hayward that was soaking their faith for the call of god soaking their faith in the presence of the lord spending that time with jesus not just a routine of religion and going through all these uh, strategies and all this stuff was spending time with god Thank you for saving me. Thank you for rescuing me. It was you that delivered me. It is important that you and I continue to soak our faith as we serve the Lord. How do we soak our faith in remembrance of God's love? When you have a clear picture on the love that God has for us, when you know how much he loves you, it soaks your faith. It is the love of God that gave birth to John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his son. That whoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. God's heart and love for his people gave birth to John 3.16. It was the love of God that caused Christ to go to the Samaritan by the well. He says, I must go through Samaria. Geographically, he didn't have to go through Samaria. He could have went straight and fast to Jerusalem. But because of a love that he had in, in his heart for this hurting woman that wasn't a perfect woman, wasn't even a woman that was in great standing. She had five husbands. And the one that she was with wasn't even her husband. A broken woman. And Jesus says, I have to go to her. I have to go to her. How many thank God for the love of God when we were broken? He had to come to us. It wasn't because of how good we were doing when he came after us. It was because of how bad we were doing. And how many know that when we were bad, he still loved us? Come on, somebody. No matter how good we were, no matter how bad we were, Jesus Christ still loves us. And came after us. When we think about his love, it moistens our faith. That if he rescued me when I was his enemy, if he came after me when I was his enemy, 
The Bible says that before the cross, before we received Christ, we were enemies of God. And even while we were still his enemy, he rescued us. If he came after me when, he, when I was his enemy, how much more will he stick close now that I'm his friend? And when you have an understanding of his love, it says we love him because he loved us first. We didn't choose him, he chose us. And when you think about the faithfulness of God, it moistens your faith. It reminds me of the, the analogy of a little girl. She's getting ready to cross a bridge, and as she's crossing the bridge, the bridge is broken. And she looks at the bridge, and she's with her daddy, and her daddy says, sweetheart, hold my hand. And she says, no, daddy, you hold my hand. And he, and she, and he looks at her, and he says, well, what's the difference? She says, if I hold your hand and something happens while we're walking on the bridge, I might not be strong enough to hold on. But if you hold my hand, you'll never let me go. The gospel message of Jesus Christ is not us holding on to God. It's God holding on to us. And my friend, he will never let us go. No matter how hard it gets, no matter how difficult it gets. So therefore, take your stand. Stand firm then. Understanding that greater is he that is before me than he that is in this world. Understanding that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. That no matter what I'm going through, God is a faithful God. Even when I'm faithless, he's still faithful because he can't disown himself. God is a faithful God to his people. That's how we moisten our faith. When we think about the love and the faithfulness of God. The keyboard can come and I close with this. That's why the Apostle Paul said in Romans chapter 8, he says, For I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Paul kept moist faith in the, in the, in the inner cell, when he was with Silas, flogged and beaten, naked, his faith still stayed moist. So therefore, late in the midnight hour, did he feel like it? No. But he started to lift his voice. The Bible said he started to sing hymns, remembering the love of God, remembering how much Jesus loved him. And therefore, his faith was moist. I'm sure intimidation was trying to come over him. I'm sure panic and fear was trying to come over him but he continued to choose not to listen to that voice you're going to die in here Paul you're going to die in this dark place the Lord has forgotten about you he has turned his back on you manipulating and deceiving and Paul says I'm not going to listen to that voice I'm going to remember the voice that spoke to me when I was on Damascus Road when I was going the wrong way, when I was doing the wrong thing, he knocked me off my horse and began to reveal to me how much he loved me. That's the voice that I'm going to listen to. That's the voice that I choose to listen to. So no matter what the devil's telling to me, I'm going to sing anyway. No matter how the devil's trying to intimidate me, I'm going to worship anyway. I'm going to give my heart to the Lord anyway. And as he began to lift his voice and worship the Lord, dark in that inner cell, the chains fell off. The prison doors opened up. Did he feel like it? No, but his faith was moist. Therefore, the devil could not intimidate him out of his position in Christ. And then he says, I'm convinced. No demon, no angel, no height, no depth. Nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Nothing can separate you. Nothing. Even when you try to run away, God runs faster. Before you get there, he's already there. 
It's like Nikki Cruz when he came after Pastor Sonny. Pastor Sonny was trying to run away, go get high again. And late in the midnight hour, two o'clock in the morning, Nikki Cruz shows up. Sonny, what are you doing? Come on, come out of there. That was the love of God in the heart of Nikki. How many know that's the same way God comes after us? How many know he'll never give up on you? He loves us just the way we are. My last point is this, is that when you think about faith, not only was it good for the individual, but the shield that the Roman soldier would use found its full effectiveness when it was connected to other shields. That when they would be in battle and the battle would get heavy, they would start getting tired, start getting weary. The commanding officer could cry out a certain cry and the Roman soldiers would come together and lock shields. They would form a wall in front, form a wall on the side, form a wall on the back, form a wall across the top. And they would sit there, boom. And the ones that had been wounded in the battle could be placed in the middle. Although it was the darkest place, it was the safest place. See, fiery darts are shot for two reasons. One to cause panic, and the second to cause division and disconnection. If the enemy can disconnect people, can cause division anywhere, then there's no safe place for people in dark times. Outside the church and even inside the church, how many know sometimes we're wounded in this battle? How many sometimes it gets a little tiring in this battle? How many know our marriages are not always perfect? How many know our children are not always acting right? Our finances are not always right. But there's always a safe place, even when you're in your dark times. I thank God for Victory Outreach Hayward, that when I was in my darkest time, when my family was in our darkest time, there was a church, there was a ministry that was here, Locking shields together. Locking faith together. Believing God. That when I came into this church, there was a church that was so full of love. A church that was so full of, of you can make it, you can do it. And I remember praying for my father and praying for my mother. And I remember God getting a hold of my life. And here we are now. We're all in the house of God. We're not drug addicts no more. We're not in the streets no more. We've been reached. We've been saved. Because there was a church that was not only individually protected, but providing a wall for people in dark times. There was a safe place. There was a safe place. When I was in the darkest time of my life, Somebody thank God for the safe place. Are we still providing safe places? Come on, somebody. Is there still more treasures? Is there still more people coming from dark times? Victor Outreach Hayward, you've played a role. Victor Outreach Heart of the Bay. This is your pulpit. The world is your congregation. And we're still providing safe places in South Africa. We're still providing safe places in the Philippines. And there's still more places to come. Keep your faith moist. Stay in the journey. Stay in the right. Take your step. Understand your position. You're not under the bullets. You're above the bullets. Take your stand until the day of Christ Jesus. Either we go home to be with him or he comes back and takes us home. But until that day, stand firm then. Take your shield. Take your place in the house of God. Because there's still people in dark times that need a safe place to come. I want you to clap a little bit if you believe me. I want you to stand all over this place. Come on and stand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
lift up your hands all over this place. Come on, lift them up. Come on, are you moist? Is your faith moist? Are you feeling fearful? Fearful of your future? Fearful of your situation? Overwhelmed? Think about God's love. Meditate on the love of God that he has for you. Meditate on how much he loves you and gave his life for you. And let that moisten your faith that he'll never give up on you. It wasn't you that thought to come here. It was God that brought us here. No one comes to the Father unless they're drawn by the Spirit. We didn't bring ourselves to the house of God. We didn't just somehow make a decision to come to the house of God. God brought us here. Whatever person he used, whatever circumstance he used, he brought us here because he loves us. And if he loved us while we were his enemies, how much more does he love us now that we're his friends? Come on, lift up your hands. Think about the love of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, lift up those hands. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Listen, this evening, if the Lord has ministered to you, spoken to you in any way, challenged you, maybe here tonight, God reminded you of your position. Maybe you feel like you're under the bullets. Maybe you feel you're getting hit. You're trying to do right, but you can't just sink in. I just can't get it right. The things I want to do, I don't do. The things I don't want to do, man, these things I keep on doing. Oh, wretched man am I. Who could save me? Jesus Christ can save us. Jesus Christ has the power to deliver us. Maybe here tonight you feel like you're under the bullets. God has given you understanding that you're not under the bullets no more. When you gave your life to the Lord, you became above the bullets. And you want me to pray for you tonight. I want you to lift up your hand. That's you. Right there. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Maybe you're here tonight and the enemy keeps intimidating you, keeps pumping fear in you. And you say, I got to moisten my faith to quench this fear. I want you to lift your hand also. And maybe you're here tonight, you feel a little disconnected. You feel a little far from everything that's happening. Maybe the devil's trying to isolate you, get you disconnected from leadership or disconnected from the church. Lift up your hand here tonight. I want to pray for you too. Hallelujah. All those hands that are lifted up, I want you to get out of your seat. I want you to make your way to this altar right now as we sing this song. Come on, let's sing it. Jesus at the center of it all. Jesus at the center of Come on, come on and come, come on and come. Come on and moisten your faith. From beginning to the end, it'll always be, it's always been you, Jesus. Come on and come, come on, make room, make room. Come as close as you can. Come as close as you can, everybody come. Come on, come, come, come as close as you can. Come on and come. Hallelujah. you from. Think about where you were at. Come on. Think about where you were at when he reached you. 
Think about how faithful he's been on the journey. He's never let you go. He's never walked away. He's a faithful God. Jesus, nothing else, nothing else matters. Come on. He's got plans for you. Plans to prosper you and not harm you. Jesus, we pray for confirmation, confirmation in the hearts of your people, that our position in the battle is not the same. We're not under the bullets of the devil. We may experience some bullets, but we're not under them. Give us perspective of our position. We're seated in the heavenly places with you, God. You are the head of the church. We are your body. Everything else is under your feet. Hallelujah. Help us rise above, God. Rise above disappointment. Rise above discouragement. Rise above deception. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. And Father, those you feel, if you feel full of fear all the time, full of panic, full of anxiety, lift up your hands right now. The devil's always trying to intimidate you about your future. You haven't changed. Lift it up where I could see it. I want, I want to see if that's you. Declare it. That love, we're gonna, a spirit of fear is not of God, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Come on, lift up that hand. That's you. You say, the devil's always trying to intimidate me. Come on, lift up your hands. Hallelujah. Come on, come with me. Come with me. Come on, lift up those hands. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus. Close your eyes. You're full of fear and the devil's trying to panic. Come on, close your eyes. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, we pray right now for that love, God, that, that understanding of your love, that understanding of your faithfulness, that understanding of who you are in their hearts, in their minds. It's a supernatural thing. Man cannot give it. Man cannot, cannot do it. Only you can do it, God. And Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I pray the anointing of your Holy Spirit, oh God, to fall upon every person of fear, every person of anxiety, that they would cast their anxieties upon you because you care for us. You love us, oh God. There's nothing that can separate us from the love of you, oh God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And now you say, you know what? I'm going to lock shields like never before. I'm going to lock shields with my brother. I'm going to lock shields with my pastor. I'm going to lock shields with my church. Because I want to continue to provide a safe place for people in dark times. You feel a little disconnected. You feel a little out of it. A little out of the loop. Lift up your hands right now. Lift up your hands. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, we rebuke every spirit of division. Every spirit of isolation. Everything the enemy tries to do to divide. I, I bind right now in the name of Jesus. In the authority of Jesus Christ. 
And Father, I pray unity in your house, God. I, I pray a connection of dry bones, God. I pray that, Lord, we would come together like never before. For 2014 is going to be a soul-winning year. 2014 is going to be a year where people come in dark times, oh God. There will be more treasures out of San Leandro. There will be more treasures coming out of Bayfair. There will be more treasures, God, coming out of A Street, coming out of South Hayward, coming out of Dakota. More treasures coming that we would be that church, that safe place for people in dark times. There are more Pastor Danny's. There are more Anivas. There's more Walter Martins. They're coming. They're coming to the house. By your spirit, you're going to draw them. By your spirit, you're bringing them in. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, lift up your hands. Hallelujah. From my heart to the heavens, Jesus be the center. It's all about you. Come on, we want to connect. We want to be one. We want to be together like never before. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Take your stand. Stand your ground. Stand firm there. Hallelujah. Yes, it's all about you. From my heart to the heavens. Jesus be the center. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's going to be a good year. It's going to be a good year. Come on. Hallelujah. say Lord Jesus thank you for confirming for speaking for removing confusion from my mind and my heart that I can line myself up with what you have for me I embrace your truth within my life and your word says that truth sets me free I want to experience freedom God not just emotion, but freedom in my life. Freedom to serve. Freedom to labor. Freedom to witness. Freedom to worship. Freedom to enjoy the life that you've given me. I renounce every spirit of deception in the name of Jesus. And I pray the fullness of you within my life. In Jesus' name. I want to serve you. I want to live for you. In Jesus' name, moisten my faith, God, that I can stand and enjoy everything you have for me. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Come on and clap for the Lord.